congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. I know what I was going to tell you guys. I got it. We still, I don't know if anybody's free next week, but... There's a movie we have to go see. What movie? The Goldfinch. The book I still haven't read. <laughs> Alyssa. I'm not going to read it. I will go see it with you. <sighs> Look, there's nothing about it I want to read. And it's long, apparently. Apparently. I tried to get our general manager to read it, and he, he read took one look at it. No, he read 30 pages and gave it back to me. He was like, <sighs> this is going to be. No, he didn't try. He was literally intimidated by the link. It's 830 pages long, I think. By and the size? And yeah, he was like, I don't have time for this. And I was like, whatever, dude. Don't want to read 830 pages of something I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be interested in. Also, someone told me it was sad. It is sad. Like, were you here uh, Friday? I don't think you were. Yeah, I was. For real? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, I don't know. I just thought I would have seen you when there was a water fixture in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't remember the roof, like the roof collapsing and water going everywhere in the lobby on what Friday? What time was that? Were you here on Friday? Like yes. 9.30 in the morning. Like I was here. <laughs> I was already in the studio by then. Oh. And I don't I don't leave the studio until... Uh... So the roof collapsed? So, okay, so I'm like... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's like between 9.30 and 10 o'clock in the morning. And like I had gotten here early because it had. I was so ready to just be over with this week. And then I'm kind of just walking around and the front desk girl comes up to me and she's like, the roof is dripping by the front desk. But then I like come to start walking to the front desk to check on it. And before I can even get to the door, I can hear rushing water. (laughs) (laughs) And so I like as soon as I hear that and I process that that's a water sound, I lunge into the door, which of course doesn't open because you have to press the button button, on the free. So I injured myself in the process. (laughs) And I once I get the door open... There's literally a waterfall in the lobby, and there's water everywhere. And finally, the roof actually like collapses a little bit enough so that there's just one stream of water instead of it going everywhere. What? It was going down the elevators and down the stairs. Jesus! (laughs) Oh my gosh! This is the top floor. You missed a lot, Martha. The other best part about this is Jason White, who's like an ex, you know, football (sighs) player. Yeah, Tuttle comes up. And is just like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Jason White is a he's like in our lobby Heisman and Trophy like winner from Waterfall from, from night two thousand two or something. He has know. that store. Yeah. Well, Eric- the only reason I know who he is because I don't know crap about sports is because I live in Tuttle, mm-hmm. which is where he's from, and his name is on the fucking water tower. Yeah. It is. It is. Well, How I think he's in the water tower. That's the dream. Name on the water tower. Yep. When you got your name on the water tower, you know you made it. You've definitely and he's, made it. And he's the Tuttle Golden Child. Water Gee, tower. do you think they might put our names on a water tower sometime? No. No. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen either. Although I also, do Also, come... only you live in Tuttle. <laughs> no, but I do come from a very small town. I'm thinking the water tower in my hometown. We have an artesian well. Does nobody else know what the fuck that is? You guys are looking at me like I've... I've lived in the city of over a million people for 15 years I know what a freshwater well is or like a... A well drilled into such an aquifer is called an artesian well. If water reaches the ground surface under natural pressure of the aquifer, the well is termed a flowing artesian well, which means you don't have to pump it. That sounds very fancy. It comes out naturally. So yeah, that's where we got our water. From the artesian well. It sounds very healthy, unlike our Lake Hefner. I'm telling you, the water there. Water. When I first left there, mm-hmm. I went to an A&W because, you know, I love A&W root beer. Yes. And I was like, this does not taste right. Something is wrong with this root beer. What is wrong? And they went home and it tastes incredible. And it's because of the water. Mm-hmm. It comes in a syrup pack and then they use water. Yep. And boy, is it good root beer. If you ever visit Grable, Wyoming, I'm going to hook you up with some of that A&W root root beer. If I come, do I have to do outdoor activities? Yes. You have to leave your car at the city limits and (laughs) ride the horse in. Oh, stop. Hard pass. (laughs) 
Oh, come on, Alyssa. It's you don't want to go horseback fun. riding? No, I don't like being off the ground. Uh, my best friend from high school is currently in Copenhagen, and Ooh. she went horseback riding, and I'm living vicariously through her mm. Instagram stories, because I'm just sitting here going, I wish I was there. That's right. amazing. Copenhagen. That would be nice. I want to go to Denmark. Germany now, so we can see M. I just want to go back to Germany. Just Germany go back would and be awesome. There. <laughs> see Luciana in Belgium. I have a friend named Susanna who lives in Finland. That's who we need to get on for the freaking podcast, Susanna. I wonder if she'd do it. Well, now that we have a system, you can ask her. She's a fancy teacher. She might send you to our PR people. Yeah. I'm sorry. Susanna's not available right now. They're going to be like, uh, your friend wants you to be on her Weird American podcast. Can you say no to her, please? <laughs> I'm sorry. But nicely. Her schedule is full at the moment. Okay, so we should probably uh, address the elephant in the room, Nicole. Okay. <laughs> so Nicole is moving on to a new venture. I am. She's going solo. Not really solo, but solo from us. <laughs> What's your new venture called? Well, it's going to be called. We're still in the planning stages of a lot of it, but it's going to be uh, Stacked OKC. Ooh, mm-hmm. stacked, stacked books. I like that. Yeah. Um, and we left it a little bit generic, so we can... Do some other stuff over Is time. Is it bad when I heard stacked? I was thinking of like, Boops. you know. That's yeah. the first thing I thought that chick actually. That, that chick is stacked. <laughs> I don't know. I think like a guy Weirdo. sometimes. You do. Actually, I thought that too, but that's just because, you know. We, sometimes I embrace my Maybe it's my generational. <laughs> it's generational, I bet. Is that it? No, I'm being serious. Because, you know, like in the olden days, we used to call flip-flops thongs. Yeah. But now you say thongs. Now you say thongs and people think butt floss. Yeah. Underwear. (laughs) Boy, did we digress, you guys. But now with Nicole's new project, she's going to be busy doing other things. Mm-hmm. Working on working on the new project, which is cool. Is Stacked OKC a podcast? So what is it? Because we haven't said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the our idea of it, and again, still planning. Um, we're hoping to launch everything in November, but we won't actually have a lot of content for anybody who's gonna like look or listen. But our plan is we're gonna have a website, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be kind of like a magazine. Um, and we're gonna have like a blog on it. As <sighs> we're also gonna start doing video like vlogs essentially and mm-hmm. then we're also going to have a podcast. Okay. Um so we're going to be multi multi media? Um, yeah. Faceted. Multifaceted. Yeah, so kind of just throwing everything your like way. Like a book jewel. <laughs> yes. I like that. Okay. Cool. And it'll be like as three book girls everybody knows like where most of the people who have given us feedback, mm-hmm. um, people love it because it, it feels like a book club. Like right, right. they get to listen to a bunch of friends talking about books. Mm-hmm. And ours will be a little more on the media side, as in, or in like the news side. So. Oh, so so a little bit more serious than we are. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we still hope to have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, so. like book journalists. Yeah, and then Robbie, hmm. if you've listened to Three Book Girls, she's been on a couple of times, and she's been we to love our Robbie. live events. She's mm-hmm. going to be my partner in crime. Sweet. Excellent. So we're and she, both really excited. She went to high school with Jessica, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I know they've been friends for a long time. Yep. I also learned she was childhood friends with a girl I went to college with. <laughs> Who, Robbie? Uh-huh. It's a small Man, world. This it's really is a weird. small world. This is a girl I went to school in Missouri with. In other news, she also told me that the first, like one of the first times she ever met you, she told you that she wanted to be, be my best friend because she like, yes. listened to me on the podcast and like, I don't know, which I think is so weird because the first time I met her, I wanted to be her best friend. And so we were talking about this when like the first time we kind of met about uh-huh. the, doing a project, project together. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so weird <laughs> but, because we were both like want to be each other's best friends well, and now we get to work together. Yeah, so. Sometimes you meet your book soulmate. Through all kinds of different ventures. We bonded with Alyssa over books, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was completely over books because we hadn't talked at all. And then yeah, we just somebody met said her something for the first about time. books, and then we started talking about books. Martha said, told me it looked like I was a person who liked <clears throat> books. <laughs> you know, I have all kinds of... She wasn't wrong. I have all kinds of pickup lines for book girls. Yeah, I really have- do. I can, like, sense it. Uh, she does have pickup lines. We were we were shopping the other day, and she's up there checking out. And I'm looking at shoes, and I hear her from her. She's like, do any of you guys read? 
And <laughs> at the like, store while I where I was shopping. And I I'm can a, just tell. I'm telling a you. A lady named Sue actually took our card and said that she would probably listen to our podcast. So, hey, Sue, if you're listening. She said, I just know I'm going to be your biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> I can she, just tell. She was hoping you spent a little more money than what you. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, I know. The store, I try really hard I, to not make eye contact. Yeah, or with talk anybody, to, yeah. or mm-hmm. talk to anybody. And if well, I get know, out with no words, it's I, like I really the best have trip become ever. over time. I have become a book evangelist. I can't stop talking to people about books. Have you heard of the words of our good book? Have you heard of our Lord and Savior, the Goldfinch? <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a card. <laughs> Have you heard of our Lord and Savior Theo? Let uh, me tell you about his book. <laughs> Theo about was this. the main character in Goldfish, by the way. For those of you who have not read it yet, <clears throat> me, Alyssa. <laughs> Although I'm kind of like that with Lord of the Rings, too. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is fat. I liked the books a lot. The books are awesome. Oh, guess what I'm going to dress up for as at the event? Um, Frodo. No. <laughs> Do I really look like a Frodo to you? You no. could be if you wanted to. Dude, I'm too tall to be a hobbit. I'm the one who's a hobbit. <laughs> I'm going to be Lady Galadriel. She's very excited about it. I am. I bought the costume. I'm getting some hair extensions. Nicole's like, what? No, I'm just thinking that I bet you Lady Galadriel. <laughs> what? What? I know she didn't have as big a nose as me. (laughs) No, I think you can definitely pull it off, but you may have to tone down the penis jokes. Oh, yeah. If you're going to be a lady. Would never. (laughs) She's, well, you you, you don't see her very much on camera, so maybe she says penis jokes behind the scenes. (laughs) Kate Blanchett would never. (laughs) Oh, come on. I'm going to have to write her. Kate, you swear, don't you? You say fuck, don't you? I'm going to find out. I need to get in character. You know, Kate Blanchett is going to play um, Bernadette, isn't she? Isn't that Kate Blanchett that's going to play yes, Bernadette? Yes, it's already out. Well, I haven't seen that one yet either. Maybe we should see both of those in the same weekend. Where'd you go, Bernadette? That's so many. I'm pretty sure The Goldfinch is going to be like a forever long movie. Hold it on. will be. The I'm same like, weekend. Yeah, can you find out? Are you Googling it? <laughs> Where'd you go, Bernadette? It's going to be fantastic. I just know it. Because I don't I like heard it was really things good. that are too long. Like, I have a really hard time with the last Lord of the Rings movie. I like all those movies, but I have to take a break. That movie is three and a half hours long. 149 Bonnie, she minutes. she would never make it. An hour and 20, mm. or two hours and 20 For minutes. For our extended version. Yes. It would be worse. Alyssa, the bathroom. Alyssa, we once watched <laughs> both extended versions of Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers back to back, which is over seven hours. I've done that, but it's because I was sick. I do that. Like I watch the extended editions when I'm sick, because I, I can't go yeah. anywhere or do anything. And when you live alone, being sick is really depressing. When I was in high school, I could do stuff like that. But now, as an adult, if I'm at my house and trying to sit still that long, I will literally go. I'm like I have crazy to do or something. fall asleep. Like that's my two things: is I fall asleep or I can't I stop moving. Well, I think Fonny knows that when I watch movies, I never sit still. So. <laughs> you don't sit still, anyways. Not just, even do you like, do laps around the living room? <laughs> I go in the kitchen and make some popcorn and look it's at my Facebook. For a minute and and that's really what it is. She's usually on the computer the whole time she's watching. Yeah, I have to movies. multitask. I'm not like the ultimate fidgeter. And How then, are you going to sit through the goldfinch in the theater? It's hard, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> for two hours and 20 minutes. Usually she's <sighs> bouncing around the house and I'm just sitting and crocheting. Watching the movie. Movies are hard for me because people don't like it when you talk, and I have to talk. I also don't know how people with dogs can do that because my dogs, like, we're, we'll be trying to watch a, like, 50-minute Game of Thrones episode. Annabelle will not allow it. Yeah, and at the by, like, 45 minutes of one episode, my dog's like, take me outside. Like my constantly, dog, and I'm my like, dog makes croaking sounds at me if I'm not paying attention to her. Now she's learned to cry if yeah. I'm not paying attention to her because I get alarmed when she cries because I think something's wrong. So I'm pretty sure they've just trained my attention span for me. So <laughs> we need to talk about books. <laughs> it's like 
Did we digress? Where were we originally? Where was the original point of digress? We have no idea. All right, go ahead. I'm paying attention. You're paying attention. Are you sure? I'm looking at my computer and paying attention. <clears throat> okay, I read a book that was sent to us. It's called The Whisper Man by Alex North. Ooh, a lot of people talking about that one. Yes, this one, I, you know, I looked online to see when it was originally released, and it says it was released in June, but it just came to the library the beginning of this month. So, like the fourth. I think that book is from Australia. Oh, Let so maybe check. it didn't release here. Maybe it was released somewhere else. Yes. I but think. they're talking about making it a movie, and I think that's why it's very hyped up right now. Isn't that one part of the book about... of the month? Yeah, it was a book of yeah. the month. I read that one, too. Okay. Yeah, the lady that I work with that has book of the month, she has it on book of the month. It, it just hasn't come in yet. And this is um, a psychological thriller about a child snatcher, serial kidnapper. This is really one of those books that just really kind of sucked me in. Does it ever seem like sometimes when you read a book, it like just surrounds you and just like that's all that you can do is just pay attention to this book Mm -hmm. and everything else that you're doing while you're listening to this book or reading this book is like very background. That's what this book was for me. Um, It starts out with a son and a father and the mother had died about a year ago. And they're trying to move on with their lives. So it starts out on a very kind of low, sad note. So on point for you. Exactly, right? So they move to a new town and a new house because there's just too many memories of this other house because of the, you know, the mother that had died and everything. And the son just can't even go up the stairs without the dad carrying him up the stairs because he's just too sad to go up the stairs because that's where they had found the mom dead was at the bottom of the stairs. She had a heart attack and she fell down the stairs basically. And that's where they found her. So they moved to this new house in this new town named Featherbank. And the little boy, I want to say he's about seven. So he's pretty young, six or seven. And he goes to the new school and you find out that there was a little boy about a year ago that was kidnapped and found dead a couple of months later that went to the same school. There was also another kidnapping that you find out about right away. And while this is going on, it kind of goes back and forth between like the investigation of this child snatcher, of them trying to find out what happened to this little boy because they found the dead body, but they never found out who did it. So in the investigation, one of the things that they do is they have a serial kidnapper child murderer who's in jail. Sorry, Siri was trying to help me. <laughs> Shut up, Siri. It's, I looked down and it said, serial kidnapper. I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> it's, now that's in your search history. <laughs> right? <sighs> Government's going to be watching me. <laughs> and um, who's in jail, who had been caught. And so they go and talk to this guy to try to find out You know, to try to get clues into the mind, to try to help solve this other one. Plus, um, the one who's in jail, I want to say his name is like Frank. Frank Carter, I believe his name is. Sends letters to the investigator who helped catch him. It's a very Silence of the Lamb kind of connection. Remember how like Hannibal and what's her name Uh, in that book? They kind of had this connection where they... Clarice. Clarice, yes. Well, anyways, it's the same kind of, but not quite as creepy. And it's not focused on that as much. And so anyways, you know, strange things start to happen at this new house that they're in. Um, Creepy guy comes snooping around the house, trying to get into the garage. And um, the dad's not sure why this creepy guy is trying to get into the garage or anything. And he he wants to come into the house. And the dad's like, no, you need to go away. I don't know who you are. And he's not a very um, social person anyways. He's a little socially awkward like some of my fellow book girls. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> Me too. I'm socially awkward. <laughs> and then the little boy starts hearing like different things at the school about the Whisper Man. About like um, something about like don't leave your door cracked open because the Whisper Man will like get you. Like the Whisper Man's like the boogeyman. And so 
I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but it's it's creepy and it's intense, and I loved it. I really enjoyed it, and I was worried because of the hype of it, mm-hmm. um, which I know. Martha, did you read it? And you I, I read about half of it, Ugh. but it wasn't for the reason that you would think. We got an audio copy sent to us, mm-hmm. which made me over the moon. I was so excited, and. It was read by Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston, who is the, the very first Doctor Who of the new generation. The ninth Doctor. Yes, the ninth Doctor. And he's awesome. And I love him. But as you know, I have a very bad habit of turning up the speed when I listen to an audiobook. So to me, the book sounded like this. And I could only get through half of it. It was driving me fucking nuts. When it becomes available at the library, I will finish it. I have the book if you want to borrow it. I may just read the book. That might be better. You want me to bring it? I have my book of the month copy. Yeah, just bring it. I'll read it. But so it did have some really good elements, though. Yeah. I am one of those people who like books don't scare me, really. Mm -hmm. Um, This one did creep me out. Like there were some parts where I was like. Jesus, that like, the, this is re- the really imaginary creepy. friend thing. Yeah, yeah. and, and there, the little boy has an imaginary friend. See, I, you didn't even mention that, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. I mean that. Well, is, there's some little jewels that you have to keep. Yeah, to yourself. There's a lot so of different moving it. parts in the book that there is really make it the imaginary friend was what I found the creepiest about it. Mm. Just personally, oh, like, I, would I would have read kept. It again. Re- I would have kept reading it if it hadn't been. For the fact that it was so slow. Because I'm used to listening on 1.5 or 1.8. God, Martha. (laughs) I know. It's awful. It's a terrible habit. You've got to, like, retrain yourself. (laughs) You know how hard that is, though? Just start bringing it down half a point every... Yeah, just like a tiny bit every once in a while. Every new book. There are certain books I have to do that with. Like, if the person is a really fast talker, then I have to turn it. Yeah. But if the person is a slow talker, I'm like, oh, just tell the story. Holy crap. There's sometimes, though, when it's so slow, I, I won't concentrate yeah, on the book. That was My the mind will start going different places. So if I speed it up, I concentrate on the book more because I have to listen yeah. to what they're saying. I think that's faster. my problem is that I just think faster. I read faster. I want to be faster. But yeah, but going back to the um, imaginary friend that the little boy sees, it's almost like the boy has like a sixth sense. Mm-hmm. About it because he knows things that he shouldn't know that he finds out from his imaginary friend. Yep. And that's what, to me, was what made the book super unique. But I mean, they all this murder and kidnap and all this other bullshit happens in every But they didn't book. go anywhere with that. They didn't? No. I mean, it didn't go anywhere more than his imaginary friend. Ugh. Well, you find out pretty quick who the, who the kidnapper is. It, it's about halfway... Maybe two-thirds of the way into the book, it tells you who it is. Hmm. Very fast. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like some of them, and they wait until the very end, and like right before the like the um, last action And then you scene, go, Wah! And then yeah. you find out who it is. This, you actually find out who it is. And then you still have and a little you, bit of the story And you left. kind of find it out, yeah, gradually, hmm. and then there's more of the book. I mean, you don't have the element of, you kind of have the element of surprise, but it kind of reveals it slowly enough that you're like, what could it be? Oh, it is. Hmm. If that makes sense. Cool. But yeah, with the imaginary friend, you you find out what connection the imaginary friend has with the little boy, but it doesn't really go any further than that. I kind of wish they would have maybe gone a little bit further with it, with the imaginary friend thing with the little boy or the sixth sense kind of See, thing that he has. That, I really thought but that they that don't. was... Super, um, but then it would have made the. But to tell you the truth, if they did that, the story would have been completely different. Hmm. It would have been more about the little boy and less about the serial kidnapper. Killer. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I uh, just read it before you say you're disappointed. Okay, I will. No, because it's good. It's hmm. still good. Okay, even though it doesn't have that, you know, little psychic element to it. All right, it's still pretty good. I'll, I'll keep reading. That was called "The Whisper Man" by Alex North. Excellent. So, yeah, I liked it. It was good. It's been a while since I've read a story that just really just sucked me into it. And this one did. Well, today I am reviewing The Boss by Abigail Barnett and a little history in this book. So Abigail Barnett is a pseudonym for Jenny Trout. She writes under 
both names. Um, and so this book was written out of pure spite, which brings me such joy. <laughs> it was written out of spite? So Jenny Trout is very famous on the internet for she did recaps chapter by chapter of the Fifty Shades of Grey series detailing how bad they were oh. both in written content like actual, like how it's written and um, how poorly its subject matter was written. And so um, there are a lot of people who are big fans of E.L. James and were like, well, if you think this is so horrible, why don't you do it? And Jenny Trout was like, well, fine, I'll fucking do it. Oh, so it's like a Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey kind of thing? Yeah, so this book is kind of... It's got its own concept. It's the first in a series, and so it's modeled after the Fifty Shades of Grey series because she was trying to show, well, fuck you. Yes, I can write this story written the proper way, like with a healthy relationship and written well. I love it. I was like, I'm here for anything that was written out of a spite for someone else. Um, so keep that in mind when you're hearing about the plot because it'll be to people who've read Fifty Shades of Grey, you'll be like, that's a little similar. If people decide to read it, they'll be like, that's a little the samey. It's supposed to be. Oh, gotcha. and then what happened was the series took off, and so she wrote more and more, and now there are now it's taken- six books, seven books. There's six or seven books, and so now it's taken on a life of its own, and it's very its own thing. But the first three in the series kind of follow the pathway of Fifty Shades of Grey. Hmm. Um, so this is the first book in the series, and it starts a little bit out like The Devil Wears Prada, which is great because I love The Devil Wears Prada. It's set at a Basically, what you assume is supposed to be a stand-in for Vogue magazine and um, Anna Wintour, who is very famous for being very exacting and horrible as a boss. And so um, Sophie is our heroine, and she works for the head of this magazine, but she comes into work, and the head of the magazine, it's been taken over, and her boss has been fired. And so she... Come, she doesn't know what's going on. Like it's really weird because she comes in at eight o'clock because she has to get there before her boss and get her her din- her breakfast and make sure it's hot. And she has to be like sitting down and working by the time her boss. It does gets sound there. like Prada, doesn't it? Yeah. And so she, um, but eight thirty rolls around and her boss hasn't come in yet, and she hasn't like texted her or called her or like sent her any orders saying like, "Hey, I'm here. Like I need you to do this, this, and this." Or so she's really starting to freak out when someone comes to tell her the magazine's been taken over. And so this new company owns the magazine and they ousted her boss. Whew, Which uh-oh. if you're their personal if you're their assistant, that's really scary because that your means job you're was probably de- out. your job was dependent on that person. And so um like nine or ten o'clock rolls around and the new people who own it walk in. And so one of the people who walks in, his name is Neil, is someone she had a one night stand with. Uh-oh. Six years ago. Whoa. <laughs> so it's the worst day ever because then as the day goes on, she realizes he doesn't remember her. <gasps> Which has to be the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, I've seen you naked, but you don't remember panicking. me. <laughs> I might not have a job. I had a one night stand with you, but you don't remember me? Just a little offensive. <laughs> a little offensive? <laughs> So Whew. this whole first day kind of goes on and she's understandably upset by the chain of events that's happened. But luckily she's going to retain her job and he's going to be her new boss, which is not good. I think at that time you would fess up. <laughs> Jesus. Fess up. But fashion is really hard. So fashion's really hard to get into. Like to get a job like that is basically impossible. So like, would you want to let that go? But the question is, did she ghost him or did he ghost her? He goes to her. So they met at an okay. airport. And right. They were on the same flight and the flight was delayed. And so they like left the hotel and slept together. And then he left on like another earlier flight. He like rescheduled some things. And because he's very rich, he's a billionaire. Mm. I mean, obviously he overtook another magazine. You have to have a lot of money for that. <laughs> but so a couple days go by and eventually something happens. And just in a fit of rage, she she yells at him about how he doesn't remember her and it turns out he does remember her. He thought she didn't remember him. Mm. And so then that's where things start to get fun. Mm. <laughs> Martha's making a face. So, you know, it's the fun part of the book. 
And so they decide, well, it's not super professional for them to be in like a real relationship because um, he's her assistant. Eventually, she's supposed to be moving into a, like an assistant editor position in another department, but she's still like find her replacement because I guess like rich people can't run without assistance. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, they're used to having their whims catered to. Right. Uh, but he's like a very normal person. He's like, you don't have to, because her other boss was kind of an insane person. Kind of like if you've seen The Devil Wears Prada, she's the Meryl Streep of the story. She, you know, wants her to pick up her dog and take her dog to vet appointments. And she has to, everything has to be super exact and all of that. So hmm. he's like, I just need you to get me coffee and like take notes and meetings and you don't have to take my dog to the vet and do other weird stuff. Pick up my dry cleaning. And- right. He's like a normal boss. He's not an insane person. Um, but so they embark. This book has very heavy BDSM themes. And so they embark on a dominant and submissive relationship because one of the problems with Fifty Shades of Grey is that it portrays that relationship, but in a very um, abusive and very, very bad, unhealthy, unsafe Way. This is the only time I'm going to get to rant about Fifty Shades of Grey because I'm never reading it again so that I can review it. Um, if you have read those books and you liked them, good for you. But they're written. But this is better? This is much better because it portrays a BDSM relationship in the way that it should be and in a healthy way. There's a lot of abusive, not even undertones, like overtones to Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. And this is how that type of relationship should proceed. So it's a healthy example, which is really good. And I think if you have read Shifty, Fit, Shifty Fades of Shifty Hay. Shifty Fades of Hay. <laughs> I kind of like that better. Shifty Fades of Hay. Shifty Fades of Hay. <laughs> if you have read Somebody that Somebody write that, please. I will read you it. You should read The Boss because it is an example of what that type of relationship should look like without <coughs> abusive, horrible... Is it hot? All of, uh, yeah. I think I actually might have to read that. It's a really good book. It's just a comparison. It's very smart. Oh, come on, Nicole. I like (laughs) sex. As it, (laughs) we all knew that, Martha. (laughs) We know. That's no surprise. (laughs) I was curious about how those relationships function. I think you should read this because I think it's a pretty good, like, example of, like, this is how this is supposed Mm -hmm. to look. Fifty Shades of Grey is very abusive. See, I really think that uh, the reason a lot of people read that is because they were curious. I don't fucking know either. <laughs> well, and just the media hype. And yeah. I think a lot of... Yeah. And the fact that it was so that, explicit. At that point in time, I think it was a big deal that a, a book like that was so popular that it became Mainstream. okay to yeah. read it. And people <laughs> were reading it together. And yeah. it, mm-hmm. it was very... Like a, a culture yeah. shock. Yeah, it brought a lot of things out of the closet. The problem so is, is that it was so horrible. Yeah, I haven't read it. So yeah, I, the problem is, is it's. Not, I mean, it's extremely poorly written, but also the relationship is very, very now, bad. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I really am because I've always been curious. I think it's free. Because huh. I think she does one of those things where, like, the first book in the series is free. It's not ooey gooey romantic. That might make you feel better. It does. Make I mean, you it feel is. Better, it's, it's a romance. Like, I huh. mean, because it is an. That's what it is, but it's not, like, hmm. gooey and gross. There's just mostly a lot of sex in it. Well, I like a lot of sex. <laughs> it is. It's really good, though. Plus, I love fashion, and so there's, like, a little glimpse into, like, New York fashion and how that world works, which I really liked. Um, it's a really fun book. It doesn't take very long to read. Um, but like I said, it is... Have you ever read Exit to Eden? No. By Anne Rice? No, I did read the Sleeping Beauty series, though. That's not true. I didn't finish the Sleeping Beauty series because I, I was just like, what? Eden. I just read the first one. I read, that had nothing to do with romance I read whatsoever. two and like a little bit. <laughs> I was Oof. like, I have to be done now. I read the first one. This and... is not like Sleeping Beauty in any That's way. Good. That's good. <laughs> that is yeah. bananas. Exit to Eden, um, Exit to Eden. is a similar type it's it looks at bdsm and mm-hmm. was actually the first time i had ever been introduced to the subject sleeping beauty is also a book about bdsm but that book is but, fucked up people but it's it all is that whole up. series is bananas mm-hmm. 
It's anyway. They, what it has going for it is that it's not very long. <laughs> right? That's very Those true. Are very short. That's books. very true. Very true. They're like three but novellas, it's, but it's more well written. More well written. I think that's right. written. It's well written, so it doesn't. It doesn't r- feel as horrible. Yeah. Even though, you know, all the stuff that's going on in it is extremely I will say, a couple of months ago, I did watch the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, and it's still bad, and the relationship is still abusive, but it's better than the books, because you don't have to listen to Anna's internal monologue anymore. Yeah. They just hmm. cut that all out. Hmm. So it's better. But yeah, so this week I read... <laughs> what are you doing? Nicole's beating I'm up. hot. I'm sweating, so I was turning the, <laughs> the AC down and like the thing came out. And off. it thumped. Yeah, I heard this. <laughs> the metal thump. thing is coming off. That's bad. Nicole whacked the thermostat. Sorry. Get your shit together, Thermo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next thing you should get replaced. First the chairs, That's then the That's not going to happen. No. <laughs> anyway. So I read The Boss by Abigail Barnett. It's the first in a whole series, and it's really good. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Wow, you applauded for a romance novel. That never happened. That never happened. I'm just interested. I'm, I'm intrigued. It's because you talked about sex and not romance. I, it is because I talked about sex instead of romance. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do say I love you at the end because it is a romance novel, but like, it's not goopy. I love you. I love you more. No, I love you more. Mom, rot your you teeth. More. That doesn't happen in anything I read because if that happened, I would throw it. <laughs> I'm only teasing you, Melissa. You know that. <laughs> That's actually Martha's dream romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love you. No, you're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. Oh, I love you more. <laughs> she just wishes they were all written that way. <laughs> she makes fun because it's what's close to her heart. <laughs> What did you read, Nicole? Okay, so you're going to be in shock, but I read this as an audible book because I finally got a little plug-in so I can plug it into my car so I can read a whole, like, 20 minutes of an uh, audio book a day because my my commute is very short. What did you read read via audio? Okay, it's called, and it's another kind of weird book, but it was... Fascinating. It's called On Writing, A Memoir of the Craft, and it's by Stephen King. I've <gasps> That's read that. a good one. I've read that. Okay, so the first, uh, he this was published in 2000, by the way, so it's been a little while, um, but he, the first probably third of this book really focuses on how he became who he is. Um, it talks a little bit about his childhood, which is really interesting, and he gives you some really cool stories about being a kid and then he goes into adulthood how he met his wife how he actually started writing um and he gives you all these like interesting things like the first book he wrote was that was published he pretty much wrote in his laundry room like on a kid's child's desk that like on his lap with a typewriter on it like in a laundry room wow trying to (laughs) get some peace and quiet like Mm -hmm. um and then you find out which i didn't really know um i'm just not a stephen king expert but he at some point also became very addicted to drugs um everything from pain pills to cocaine to drinking if you've read cujo yeah then (laughs) well so and then he goes and talks about some of that too but um he ended up going he had to go to rehab his wife kind of made him um but he's i'm sure he thanks her now um, and he talks a lot about his wife, and I don't know why. It just really made me want to meet her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she sounds fascinating, Tabitha, and she sounds like she could kick anyone's ass. Um, and then, the, so the, then, once you kind of get a lot of his story in, then he goes on and gives you some, like, like this is actually how you write. Um, and he talks about, like, don't use adverbs. Uh and then make sure you actually have a good story and don't worry about things like foreshadowing or uh, all those literary terms until like after you've actually written your story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he gives you all the just fascinating information coming from Stephen King, right? Mm-hmm. And then the last part of the book, he talks about living, um, which I've heard this before, but it, it was so like interesting to hear it from him because he reads this audiobook too by the way um 
But the last third of the book, he's talking about when he got hit by the bus Mm -hmm. and his recovery and how hard it was. And like he actually he is finishing his book in his recovery because he got hit like halfway through this book. Um, And so I thought that was like, I don't know. It's just so interesting to like hear him talk about it Mm -hmm. and like the positive spin he puts on it and all of that. But I don't know. I just really, and I'm not, again, a Stephen King expert, and I've barely read any of his books, but it is so interesting to hear him talk about um, why he wrote Misery, um, how he wrote Cujo, and really it was like he was putting a little bit of himself into that character because of how, like, that bad point of his life he was in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then all these different, like, he goes through all these books he's written and talks about, like, what what made him come up with the idea for the book and like how it evolved and all this stuff. And it is truly like you're sitting there going, it is fascinating. Every Stephen King fan who has ever thought about him or met him and said, where do you get your ideas? Which they hate that question because it's too complicated. So it's cool that you get that inside vision of what that person went through in their life that brought them to that point. Because that's really what a writer is, is they are a compilation of all the things they've experienced. And so one of my favorite things he says in this book is that he never comes up with these grand plot ideas. He literally comes up with an idea and his idea will be like, what happened, what would happen if an author is kidnapped by their like obsessive follower What's mm-hmm. going to happen? And then he'll write the story after asking him a question, like asking himself a question. And I thought that was really interesting because I think so many people want to be a writer. Um, it's like so many people's dream, like people froth at the mouth, but then they freeze when they actually sit down and try to write anything. And so the way he simplifies everything is like it's so meaningful because it makes you think you can do it yourself, too. Yeah. And he did write a similar novel. Dance Macabre. Yeah. yeah, which Marianna Evans Reviews, reviewed yeah. on this podcast. It's a mm-hmm. um, probably more technical mm-hmm. and more specific to the genre. Mm-hmm. This one is a more like generalized yeah. version of it. Mm-hmm. It's more personal. This is this is a more personal book, almost like a. Biography. Like a memoir. Like and, a memoir. Yeah. And like a beginner's, like if you want to write, it's kind of... The other one's more like a textbook. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More and so of this a... one, he has like, I don't know, five chapters. He goes over like five different literary points he wants you to remember, like if you're going to write or that yeah. he feels are very important. And that's it. And the way he even says them are kind of hilarious. He's like... he. It's more <laughs> like his voice. Mm-hmm. This one is more like his voice. As, instead of being like a professor... It's more like his real voice as a character. That's one of the reasons that I like his writing so much is that each of his characters is so realistic to me. Not everybody feels that way, but I mean, that's really what drew me the first time because I was like, man, people really do talk that way. There was one part of this book that I was reading and I was like, man, Martha's going to hate listening to Stephen King say this, but he talks about... (laughs) Uh, like uh, appropriate language, I guess, in a book. Uh, mm-hmm. And so he talks about how, like, at some point, you're going to have to say somebody shit in, like, blah, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. or whatever, because you can't say somebody defecated. Like, you have to make right. sure you're right. using the correct language, language yeah. for this. But at the same time, he says, there's no need to be vulgar. <laughs> I love there being like, vulgar. Martha's not going to like know, this. I love being vulgar. It's my She's going to hate Stephen King now. <laughs> no, I don't. I understand what he means, and I know that there's a time and place for that. I just really super like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my thing. But anyways, if you are a Stephen King fan, and even if you are not a Stephen King fan... If you're just slightly like... You want to be a writer, it's interesting to get the inside... Well, not even if you want to be like, yeah, there are like those chapters, but this is more like if you want any any information about Stephen King, like it was so fascinating just listening to him and all his little stories. And on a side note, I did, I could not listen to it because his voice annoys the fuck out of me. I loved his voice. It was very relaxing. I do not like his voice. He does pronounce things weird, though. 
That's not the right voice for me. Stephen King is a god. I really enjoyed his voice. Do not like his voice. (laughs) And that's kind of funny how that works, Nicole, because you don't even like audiobooks and you like. Well, I've been trying to listen to my car. Like right now, I'm doing Wildflower by Drew Barrymore. But also, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I finally read The Heart's Invisible Furies, which I think Vonnie reviewed a long time ago. Did you? Um, Mm, I don't remember it. I'm pretty sure it's hard to say. By John Boyne. I'm pretty sure she did. Oh, no. Sharon did that one. Okay. Martha, I think you should read it because I, to me, it goes into the same category as The Goldfinch. Really? Like, maybe not quite as good, but still, like, the way he tells that story and how impactful the story is, hmm. it is like it's going into my top five books. It was either of all time. Wow. Or Shona. I can't remember which one, but it they, is one of they, talk, they talked about John Boyne. Remember, yeah. because they were going back and forth about how I, I think it was Shona. It wasn't Sharon. It was Shona. Okay, from Houston, right? Yeah, she's from Houston. Okay, am I but, saying her name right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm the one that said it wrong. But essentially, it follows like. It, I don't, you just have to read it. Like, I think you'll, and it's, there's like a tiny bit of romance, but it's not ooey gooey. Hmm. And the romance is because he's gay. So it's not like, it's, there's it's not, not over the top. I mean, no, not at all. Not cool. even close. It's not what I read this week. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the, the first book that I reviewed was uh, On Writing by Stephen King. All right. Well, I am going to review something that is very much top of mind for readers at the moment. The new Ruth Ware novel. Oh. The Turn of the Key. But I'm probably not going to be very popular for my review of it. Ooh. Because it annoyed the hell out of me. Uh Uh-oh. For a bunch of different reasons. But the biggest reason was the audio. I'm not really sure if it would have affected me in the same way if I had read it. But I'm here to tell you that by the end of this book, I was so ready for it to be over. I had to keep reading because I had to find out what happened. But what she did is, and I've read three or four books just in the last month that are similar to this. And that might have been another thing that pushed me over the top. But it's almost got too much of an element of, ooh, you're supposed to be creeped out now. There's a ghost, you know, like that's part of the story where this this girl, um, you know, she has secrets. Okay, she's a nanny and she shows up for this job and she's got the internal monologue going on. Oh, geez, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, no. You know, she's got this whole thing going on where, you know, she's got some major secrets. You just don't know what. So she shows up to this job at this old mansion. This is up my alley. Yeah. And haunted shit and houses. So right away, the first night she's there, she hears this noise in the attic she's on the second floor and everybody else is on the first floor and she hears creaking above her head and the narrator every time this happens goes creak 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 and she does it like five time it's almost like Ooh, you're going to be scared now. It's scary, scary scary look scary over here just want to fling the book at the wall it just really got under my skin. Um, there were a bunch of different things like that in the book where it was so obvious and over the top that you're just rolling your eyes. I felt like I was rolling my eyes through this whole book. If you read horror at all, ever, chances are you're not going to be impressed by this book. If you don't read horror, you'll probably love this book. I immediately wanted to read this book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But there were so many other really obvious hand-waving things that went on. Oh, look, over here, a clue. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to explain it, but... I've listened to audiobooks like that where they they make it too... They try to make it too... I don't know, too over the top, too... When you read as much as we do, it's really hard to step back from Mm -hmm. a book like this, where you know it's written in a specific way to evoke certain emotions. 
Whisper Man was a little bit like that. What? It tries to play too much on emotions? Well, it's more like it tries to be creepy. Does that make um, sense? Whisper Man just was creepy. It didn't try. Anytime you're talking about a serial kidnapper, but, child killer, it's going to be fucking creepy. I Here's know. the other deal. Ruth Ware is not a horror novelist. No, she's, she's a not. mystery novelist. Yes. So if you're going into Turn of the Key and expecting it to be horror, you're definitely not going to like well, it. Well, no, but I mean, it feels like it's trying to be a horror novel, but not. Does that make any sense to you guys at all? I, mean, I, I can't, haven't read yeah, it, it, so I don't know. <laughs> Only because I've read books that were like that. And it's a usually, Scooby-Doo novel, you guys. Usually I don't get very far in those kind of novels. It's like so rip, rip in, the mask off at the end and you see him. I'm yeah. thinking like of the Ruth Ware books that I've read, none of her books are like, they're all just typical mysteries. And yeah. I, ne- I never yeah. really think they're over the top. So like well, my I expectation liked, when I go into Turn of the Key, I know you love some I, of her books. I liked all of her other books. But, so I did. I, I don't know. Mine Which is like, why it totally just, threw me off. They're like a medium level for me. They're not yeah. like all that. I don't know. So when I go read Turn of the Key, because I just bought a, a signed edition because it was like $12 mm-hmm. from Barnes & Noble. When I go read it, it's going to be like, I'm not going to have such high expectations. Well, I had high so. expectations because I liked stuff like the girl in cabin 10 a lot of people didn't like that novel um in a dark dark wood was kind of uh it had a big twist at the end but it was really well written and she does she is a good writer and she does have i don't even know how to put it i just was disappointed because i expected more from it and that's probably my problem so i'm i'm not going to give it horrible well <laughs> I only, yes, this has been a glowing review, Martha. <laughs> right? I gave if this it, isn't horrible, what is your I gave it of... three stars. I probably would have given it three and a half if there was a half star available in Goodreads, which is a whole other subject, which needs addressing in Goodreads. But, yeah, I wasn't impressed. I didn't really like it that much. So, once again, that was The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware. Awesome. And had I been able to throw my phone at the wall when I finished reading it, I would have done so. At so Martha doesn't it. want the $12 signed copies from Barnes & Noble that they have online. She does not. Mm, no, I don't think so. The only signed copy I would want of Ruth Ware is Dark Dark Wood, even though it wasn't my favorite, only because it was her first novel. I only bought it because I was... Augustine Burroughs is one of my favorite yeah, authors. Yeah. I've reviewed some of his stuff like Running with Scissors. Mm-hmm. And all, he has all, all those memoirs. Well, a new one is coming out um, October 1st, I think. And I don't remember what it's called. Oh, it's called Toil and Trouble. Um, but they had a Barnes & Noble is the only place that had signed copies available. So I paid $28. Oh, girl. <laughs> but I freaking love him. So I was like... <laughs> I'm just going to do this because I never actually go do that. Mm -hmm. But then when I was looking, they had a bunch of like clearance signed copies. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to get. Hey, you never know. It was like the same prices on Amazon if I bought just a hardcover book. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. Sometimes if you you find a book that you really love, you should do it. You should look and see if they have a signed copy of it because you just never know. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you've got this wonderful thing that means something to you. And then when you get old... It might be worth as much money as you paid for it, mm-hmm. which is better than poking the eye with a sharp stick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, help me out it's here, like you your, guys. It's like your first edition quest. Exactly. It's a quest. It's I like, tried to look for a first edition of the first Nancy Drew book, and those suckers are like $5,000. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I love Nancy Drew, and they redid the Nancy Drews in the 60s because mm-hmm. the early Nancy yep. Drews were kind of racist because they were written in like the 30s mm-hmm. um but those originals of the ones from the 30s are like five thousand dollars yeah also if i had five thousand dollars would i buy it yes <laughs> it's like the wizard of oz it's like alice in wonderland it's like any of those classic novels if you get the first one mm-hmm. or one of the first you know Printing. 500 yeah. books that are printed from an author who's brand new, who then becomes famous, hey, sort of like um, I have a first edition copy of Ready Player One. I'm still really jealous of your Artemis Fowl first edition. And I have Artemis Fowl. Because no one knew that was going to I know. Up. I know. And so if you find a book that you really love, do it. 
It's 25 bucks usually. And if you're lucky enough to get a signed one, that increases the, the value even more. So, you know, do what you love, man. Works out good. Another good place to look for them if you're looking for a deal is go to Goodwill because a lot of people yep. like to read new releases a lot and then they'll just donate them. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the book area of your Goodwill. Also, if people die, all their shit gets donated. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Or yeah. auctioned. Our so auction. auctions are good places or estate sales. Mm-hmm. I yeah. used to do that. That I told you guys that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I used to sell books on eBay in the olden days. My hairdresser bought my hair extensions for the for my costume. <laughs> she, she, so I sent her this research. <laughs> so I sent her this thing on Amazon, you know, because I asked her, I said, how much is going to cost me to get hair extensions? She goes, $200. I'm like, ah! Yeah, hair extensions are expensive. They're very I don't expensive. really want them. I just want them for the costume. I would just get a wig. I hate That's wigs. That's what I said in the I car. I really hate wigs. You're going to hate extensions because you know you can't brush your hair all the way. Like, you have to be so gentle. You can't wash it. with. The, like, you're going to have well, to buy I'm special. I'm just going to put it in that night and then take it out. So you're going to get fake hair extensions? Yeah. No, real hair. Well, I know, but if, yeah, you're not getting them permanently. No, I'm placed. just going to get them to put them in okay. for a little while. It's just like <laughs> hair pieces, like little hair pieces. Yeah, hair I know, because Leah yeah. uses them. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. She freaking hates them, too, because they can just fall out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that would suck. Or we'll be at the bar, and she's like, I got to go fix my hair extensions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm only going to do it for the one night. So the, the <laughs> trouble becomes... Okay, I could spend $40. I'm not going to spend more than that, though. Mm-hmm. So I find this thing on Amazon, and I send it to my hairdresser and said, will this work? And she goes, well, maybe two packs. And I'm like, well, that kind of defeats the purpose. Then you're spending 80 bucks and not 40 Meanwhile, the- I pick my Halloween costumes based around what my hair looks like yeah. that year. <laughs> I'm like, what would go good with that? So I don't have to change yeah, it. Yeah, but if it wasn't for the book theme. Mine's not a book. Neither is Jessica's. You're the one who wanted the book theme. The there's rest book- of us ignored you. No, there's a book theme. Medusa is a character from a book, as is Miss Frizzle. Is she? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't intentionally going with the book theme. I've just always wanted to be Medusa. Medusa is pretty cool. Yeah, she is pretty What's cool. Kayla going to be? I have no Kayla's idea. Kayla's radio silent. She yes. has been. She's going to be a golden girl. Maybe she could come as the children of blood and bone girl. That would be cool. Yeah. You know who I was going to be, hmm. but I'm not going now, but <laughs> the girl from the Jurassic Park. Yes. Because one, I could just dress up as the movie character and everybody's going to recognize me because all I need is like denim pack. jeans a and like a, a tan button up shirt tied around, a fanny pack and some boots. You could be Laura Dern. Get some dinosaur shit to put on my shirt. Use the right <laughs> hair for it. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have any dinosaur shit in stock? <laughs> but it would have been perfect. <laughs> you could borrow my rock vest. <laughs> I wear a fishing vest. You when have I a rock vest? I do. I have a, I have a fishing vest. <laughs> and it actually would go pretty perfect with that. It would. It's a, it's a tan fishing vest that I use to, when I go rock hunting. Because I used to go rock hunting with a fanny pack and use my pants pockets. But it makes my pants fall down because rocks are heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rocks are heavy. Yeah. So then I got a fishing vest, and that way it just makes me like I have bigger boobs, big heavy <laughs> boobs. Yeah, because that rocks all over me. Does your back hurt by the end of the day? No, because they're <laughs> equally distributed as, just, as opposed boobs, to which are not equally <laughs> distributed. Nope. I equally distribute my rocks apo- across my body. What it's all about. The balance. <laughs> get your rocks off. Get your rocks off, honey. Who, who did that originally? I've never even heard I, that before. Neither. What? It's a song. From well, when? I'm, I'm guessing since you sung it. But before we were born. Before well, we the first born. time I heard it, I heard it from, who's the dude that is from Oklahoma City that has the weird <laughs> hair and has an art gallery downtown? Wayne, Wayne Coyne. Coyne. What's his group's name? Flaming Lips? The Flaming Lips. I heard them do Oh, so that maybe song. not before we were born. Oh, no, they did the song. Never mind. They redid the song. So before we were born. So <laughs> when did the original come out? not something I went to listen to, you know, like on my way to work when I'm trying to get pumped up. 
Jesus. <laughs> we do my drive to work and it's just dead silent in my car because I'm so tired. It's like. So anyway, uh, Nicole, it's been a fantastic. How how long did we have we been doing this? Like three, four years. Three, three, three and a half years. Well, it was three years actually this month. 2016. That we started. 17, 18, 19. So three years. 18, 19. Well. Almost exactly. 16, 17, 18. Yeah. So here's yeah two. because September's when we started. I was gonna bring champagne and I fucking forgot. So let's just raise a glass. <laughs> <laughs> here's to Nicole and her new venture. <laughs> Ching. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. And we'll keep Thank you updated you. and let you know when she gets everything up and running. But and I'm not disappearing. You guys will still see me around. Oh yeah, I know. Well, uh, yeah, because when I read Enchante, we're gonna have to like go to lunch and talk about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And Nicole and I still work I in the that. same building, so obviously I'm going to hit her up occasionally to come on the show. For one last time, Nicole, that's going to do it for Three, Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.